you have your Bibles this evening, we're turning to the book of Acts chapter number 21 this evening. The book of Acts chapter number 21. Once you've found your place, I'd ask that you would stand as we read this evening and reverence the reading of God's precious word. Acts chapter number 21. I want to begin reading tonight in the 8th verse of this chapter. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these sayings, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea, and brought with them one Manasseh of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James and all the elders were present. That is the book of Acts chapter 21 verses 8 through 18 if correctly read tonight. Now there's much preaching that can be done from these verses. I mean Paul and his missionary team they're traveling and as they go they're warned that Paul as you travel you're soon going to go to Jerusalem and you're going to be bound hand and foot and you're going to be put to death for the cause of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I'm ready to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are promises here that are given us and warnings that are given to us. And they said, we just ceased warning him and we finally said, the will of the Lord be done. But I feel like tonight, God would have us look closely at verse 16. As they are come to Jerusalem, they are met by another group and that other group's going to take them back with them back towards Jerusalem where Paul and his missionary team's going to stay. And we meet a man by the name of Manasseh of Cyprus. The Bible says he's an old disciple with whom we should lodge. I want to preach on this. I want to preach on this thought. An old disciple named Manasseh or lodging with an old disciple. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God? Father, I know some time back we preached about the young man who dressed up the sacrifice and prepared everything in the meal that was Abraham's guests and 
Lord, I pray tonight, Father, we're looking at this old man, this aged man named Manasseh. God, if you don't help us, Father, to take this, this uh, short little thought here, God, and expand it, we're in trouble. Preach us, God, I pray, and help us to hear and be encouraged. In Jesus' name I ask, amen and amen. Thank you for standing tonight. You may be seated. Verse 16 again. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Manasseh of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. We meet this uh, man by the name of Manasseh. He, he is an aged man, an older man. It is really an obscure passage for the Lord to show us to preach from tonight, but it seems as if this man Manasseh has conquered or become victorious over three of the greatest difficulties that you face as you get old. And you may say, Preacher Darren, I'm not old. Amen. I remember one time my grandpa was 91, and he looked over at my grandma, who's 89, and grandma said, Floyd, we're getting old. He said, Edna, you may be getting old, but don't speak of me. I'm not old. Amen. And he was 91 years of age. So, uh, let me just use the word, we're getting older. I'm older this year than I was last year. And I'll be honest with you, I believe this message really is speaking to me. And I'm glad you showed up to hear me preach to myself. But I want to look at the three things that we struggle with as we get a little older and how Manasseh got victory over these things. Amen. And so number one, I want us to see the victory that Manasseh got over the problem of faithfulness. Do you know that being an old disciple is better than being a used-to-be disciple? Amen. I'm still a disciple. I may be getting older, amen, as a disciple, but I'm not going to stand up here and say I used to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad of that tonight, amen? Isn't it good that being an old servant of God is being better than being a used-to-be a servant of God. He's a man that's been serving God, I believe, for a long time. He's a man that's been walking with the Lord. He is a long-standing servant of Almighty God. So much so that he's well reported of, he's well known throughout his community, and especially those that are younger. I remember when I was much younger, there were people that were a lot older that I looked up to. I, I wanted to hear what they had to say. I, I would go to them for advice. I would, I would have them to pray for me and had sometimes to pray over me. Amen. And some of you young people, some of the best things you'll ever do is find you an older person, amen, and just tandem up with them and say, would you pray for me? Would you advise me? Would you help me? There's no shame in that, amen. They know this man by the name of Manasseh. They love this man by the name of Manasseh, and they trust him. They value his input. Well, let's get a question. Have you ever sat down and communicated with an old saint of God? What is it that an old saint of God will talk about? They're not talking about the weather. They're not talking about the football scores. I'm going to tell you what they'll talk about. They'll talk about the things of God. They'll talk about the word of God. They'll talk about what God, I get tore up. What? I'm thinking about my grandparents right now, and it's a helping me. You know what they tell me? Oh, God's been good, son. They'd start telling me about the things that God has done. And, and when you start listening to that, they didn't mind to tell you how good God has been and the specific events that God did to bring them through a time of trouble and how God's blessed them, how God has helped them along the way. 
Now, I had gone to preach. I was asked to preach a revival meeting, and I was preaching for a pastor that was well up in years. And when I got there for the service, I was a little early, and I had time to look around and kind of greet a few people. And, and when I looked, I was looking for the preacher. Where's the preacher? And he was standing in a doorway, and he was just looking at me. And when our eyes made contact, he, did, he made that motion with his finger saying, come here, son, like this, come here. And you know what I did? I didn't talk to anybody else. I put my head down and I had the bearings of going straight that direction to the old man of God. And when I got there, he said, son, come with me. We went back to his office. He pulled up two, uh, those folded up chairs facing each other. And he looked at me and he said, sit down, son. Now, you know what I did? I sit down. And I was looking right at him, facing him. And he started telling me about the goodness of God and how God had blessed him in his life and, and all some of the things that God had done. And he grabbed me by both my hands and he looked in my eyes and he said, but son, right now I'm going through something and I need you to pray with me. And I thought, who am I as a younger preacher to try to be a blessing and a help to the older man of God? And then he looked at me, the tears running down his face, and his tears led to my tears. And his burden, I picked up on it. I got under it with him. And, and then he went back to again bragging on God and glorifying the name of God about how good God had been. And he said, son, let me tell you something. This is what I'm seeing right here. This burden that I presently have, God has delivered me from every other burden that I've ever had. And now this one has crept into my life, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. God is going to see me through. Just as God, somebody help me preach. Just as God has brought me through these other obstacles, God's going to bring me through it too. And I said, preacher, I believe that. And he held my hands and he looked up at me and he said, son, you can trust him. And what he didn't realize was, in my life, being a young pastor and sometimes disrespected because of my age, he, by his words, took it like he was talking about himself. But the truth of the matter was, he was advising me. <laughs> and his words of the goodness and the blessings of God going through the present battles of life encouraging me that God would bring us through. Honey, will you hear me? I'm an older preacher than I was last year. God is good and you can trust him. He will bring you through it. Amen. If you had looked to him, I believe Manasseh was one of those men, amen. They, the young people loved to have him around because he was going to smile at them. He was going to encourage them. He was going to give them a solid counsel and an excellent witness, amen. And may I say this tonight then, if God will let me live, I want to be an encouragement to somebody along the way. You young people tonight, I'm telling you, I just about called you back up here to sing because it encouraged me to hear young people get up and sing for the Lord and watch them when they put their hands up or watch that gleam that comes to their eye. That blesses me. And if I can do anything for you young people, you look at me, if I can do anything for you young people, I want to be a blessing to you. I want to encourage you. I want to teach you some of the things God's taught me. And I want to stand with you, amen, as you serve God and walk through this life. It's my privilege, amen, to have young people and to be involved in their lives. Thank God for it tonight, amen. I want to give a good report of how good God's been in my life. And I want to tell you, God's brought me to where I am tonight, amen. I, I was one time young, and now I'm old, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken, amen. Ha, ha, ha.
I was talking to somebody the other day and I certainly felt like that older disciple sitting down trying to give wise counsel and to try to be a blessing with them. And when I started sharing with him, listen, it's amazing. When you start sharing, that older preacher, when he held my hands and looked in my eyes and when he started telling me about the goodness of God and the things that God had brought him through, there was a warmth that of his eyes and a warmth from his soul that I got. And I could feel the warmth. And it, man, I'll tell you, it warmed me up, amen, and encouraged me. Thank God for a good witness. Now, I was, I was told this, I was told this. Uh, you know what the word disciple means? The word disciple, the Bible says right here that he was an old disciple. The word means he is a learner. He is a student. He is a follower. You may say, but he's an old man. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's not an old dog. He's an old disciple. He's a follower, amen. May I say he may be old, but you never reach the point, or you should never reach the point where you can't be taught something. You should never reach the point where you can't learn something, amen. And, and never get to the place as an older person where you think you're arrived and at a place that you're the only one that has anything to tell, amen. Just wait for God's prompting. Now, I was also told this, a disciple knows he's a follower and a student and a learner, but the Bible would tell, and the scripture would tell me this too, there's no fool like an old fool. Think about it for a minute. Sometimes when you get old, you've got to be careful you might fall. And if you're not careful the way you walk and the way you do around young people, you'll discourage them. The Bible says that this man is from Cyprus. Do you know what Cyprus is? Listen to me. Cyprus is a small island in the Mediterranean Sea. Cyprus was a place noted for its dissolute manners. It was a, a place of worldliness. It was a, a place of loose living. It was a place that taught young people to regard sensual living and that sensuality was the chief happiness of life. Sounds a lot like the America that we're living in right now. And that's the way Cyprus was. Now here's a man. He's an old disciple. He said, I'm not going to become an old fool, amen. I'm going to serve God as a young man in a world that doesn't regard God. And now I've become an old man and I'm still serving God in an area, in a land that does not regard God. And it does not intimidate me. I, I, listen, I've been doing this a long time. And I've watched men that I've loved and respected, I've watched them as they begin to compromise to worldly standards amongst the people of God and in their own lives. And, I, and it just, I mean, things that I would have never thought they would have done. And it happens sometimes when we get older and we let our guard down. Oh, pray for me that I don't let my guard down, amen, that I'll continue to stay with the stuff. I'm telling you, my nation has conquered some things about faithfulness. He was faithful to the stuff Faithful to the things of God, amen. Hey, church, I want to encourage you, stay faithful to the things of God, amen. Because it's real tempting to walk away and become unfaithful very quickly. When you get older, you have body aches and pains, and you're like, oh, I'm going to stay home. I can't read. I can't, nobody wants to hear from me anyway. Let me tell you something. If you're an older person here tonight, I love you. God bless your gray head of wisdom, amen. God bless that. I love you. I appreciate you. And these young people tonight, they need you desperately. So he got victory over the problem of faithfulness. He said, I'm going to remain faithful even though I'm old. The second thing that he got victory over was the problem of 
fearlessness. Now let's read verse 16 again. Let's think about it. There went with us, Luke is our writer here, there, and Paul's with him. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Manasseh of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. Now think about it, the overcoming the problem of fearlessness. Now, did you realize that there's a journey they're taking? They're going from one place to another place, a specific destination. And may I say this, a journey can be very difficult. Paul made this statement about the difficulty of the journey of life that he was in. Will you hear me? In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, in journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. It was a perilous thing to take a journey in that day because of many obstacles, robbers and things of that sort. And it is still dangerous and difficult to make a journey called life. There are things that would want to rob us along the way as we travel serving God. Here's a man who left the comfort and the safety of his home an old disciple to go with these younger disciples to go and meet Paul and Luke and the missionary group or team and meet them and bring them back to his house. He's from Cyprus, but now he's living in Jerusalem and bring them back to his house and lodge them there. You know, it's some, listen, this is what happened to me. Sometimes as you get old, you'll look around and say, you know what, I'd just as well stay home as get out and go do that. Some of y'all is getting a little bit older. Have you ever said, you know what, I don't care about going to them parks no more. I don't care. I'd just as well stay home as go out and do that mess I used to go do. Some of y'all grinning at me because you're, you're, you're afraid if you say amen, I've called you old. <laughs> amen. But the truth of the matter is, many times we say, I'd just as well stay in the comfort and the safety as my home of get out, as, as get out and go do that. But here's an old disciple by the name of Manasseh who says to the missionary, looking around, where are we going to put them? Where are we going to? I mean, Manasseh said, they can stay at my house. Well, how are we going to get? Listen, I'll just go with y'all. He was fearless to get out and go on a journey that was dangerous. They might get robbed. They might get beaten. They, I'm telling you, there's problems. May I say this? In their old age, we become fearful. It is easy to get afraid because technology advancements and financial securities and people's just mean and evil and the world's getting worse and worse. I want to be fearless as we get older, amen. This is what Manasseh believed. The same God that helped me when I was young will be the same God that helps me when I'm old. The same man that brought me through my young struggles will be the same God that cares for me through my old struggles. Amen. The same grace that kept me as a young Christian will be the same grace that keeps me as an old Christian. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to live afraid. There's the difficulty of the journey. And Manasseh said, I've got victory over the difficulty of the journey. And then there's another one here. There's a danger of joining in. What, preacher Darren? There's a danger. You want there to, read, let's go back. 
Acts chapter 17. Get your Bible. Let's just read for a minute about what happens when you join in with the Lord or when you join in with serving God, the danger that happens when Jason is going to receive Apostle Paul into his house. Now, we're talking about another fellow by the name of Jason who's much younger. Let's read it, Acts 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few, but the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. These all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. Now this is the danger of uh, accompanying a man by the name of Paul, of becoming part of the crowd that served Jesus. The world is moved with envy and the world hates anybody that stands with Jesus. And Manasseh, who was an old disciple, did not say, I'm afraid. I just assume stay home and be safe and comfortable as to get out and go do that. Manasseh says, not only am I going to go, but I'm going to join with you and I'm going to receive Paul into my house. Think about it. When Jason received Paul into his house, they assaulted the house of Jason. But Manasseh said, I don't care. I'm receiving in my house. I love Jesus. I live for Jesus. I stand for Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm going with Jesus all the way. What about that? Apparently, he's not afraid. Apparently, he's not phased. Amen. He's going to be fearless. He's going to keep serving God. He's going to stand with the man of God. Hey, what's that verse say? What time I am afraid, I will trust and leave. Perfect love casteth out all fear. He's a man that got victory over fear. He's a man that got big victory over, over being faithless, amen. Thirdly, look with us in our text. He's going to get victory. This will help us all. He's going to get victory over the problem of friendliness. You know, sometimes when we get old, we're not as friendly as we used to be. I was reading in Psalm 41 too. I, I checked the book one more time while the choir was singing to see if it's still there. Psalm 41 too teaches the preservation of the saints. Did you know not you're preserved? But some of us look like we're pickled. 
Amen? And as we get older, it's easy to become more cantankerous and hard to deal with and hard to get along with. You know what we old people need to do? We need to learn to smile. Preacher, life's been hard. <laughs> yeah, it has. But let me tell you something. These young people. Hey, I wonder how many people here, you're 30 years old and younger. Would you stand up? 30 years old and younger. Stand up. 30 years old and younger. Maybe you're, hey, keep standing. And you're, maybe you're a young couple and you're in your 30s and you've just been married in the last 10 years. Stand up. Young couples. Anybody else want to stand up? They're, they're, what about that? Now listen. All y'all keep standing. Some of these boys are sitting back down saying, I ain't married, preacher. I'm sitting down. Amen. <laughs> hey, man, stand back up. Look at all the young people that are here tonight. And you know what these young people need to hear? You know what these young people need to see? Older generation. They need to see you smiling. They need to know that it's still a joy to serve Jesus, even though we're old. Amen. They've started on a journey. I'm here to tell them tonight it's not going to be easy. Amen. But I'm telling you, the, <laughs> the older I get, the sweeter it gets. The, the, the older I get, the closer my walk is with the Lord. I watch my daddy. He's, he'll be, he's 81 years old. I think tomorrow he'll, he'll love me for saying that. He's 81 years old tomorrow. And guess what? The older that man gets, the sweeter his fellowship is with the Lord. The sweeter he's still smiling. He's still happy. He's still encouraging. He's still behind young people. These young people need to know that we old people started on a journey some years ago, amen. And the best thing we ever did was trust Jesus. The best thing we ever did was turn our life over, over to him. And he'll put a stir in your step and a shout in your soul. And these young people, they need to know that tonight. Thank you all for standing. You can be seated. They need to see that from you. They need you to encourage them and invest in them and get to know them by name. The first thing I did when I came to Bethel Baptist Church 23 years ago was I didn't care who the deacons were. I don't mean any disrespect. And I didn't care who was who in the church. The Sunday school. I was not here to learn the names of the adults. I'll learn that in time. But the first thing I want to know was who these young people are. I want to know them by name. I'd oftentimes get down on one knee and shake their hands or hug their necks. And when the service is over, they draw me little things, little crosses and Bibles and me up preaching. And I got them hanging all over my refrigerator. And I love young people, amen. And we should never be too old that we don't, don't still love young people. We also should never see, be so busy for ourselves, so invested in what we're doing, that we don't take time to invest and encourage young people along the way. Manasseh did not have to go with them to receive Paul. Manasseh could have said, hey, hey, go pick him up and I'll keep him in my house. That'll be fine. But that's not what he did. He went with them on that difficult journey, amen. And he's a man who is friendly. Look with me again in verse 16. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Manasseh of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. He's opened up his house. I thought about that thought couple things here. There's a descent upon his house. Uh, we've got Paul, Luke, a missionary team. There, they may have been 15 people in this group, and Manasseh's bringing 15 people into his home. He, he didn't just take, I'll, I'll take one, I'll take two, y'all take one, they'll take two. He took every one of them to his house. Do you understand tonight what it's like to bring people into your house? Used to, we had what was known as a progressive supper. And we would find some volunteers in the church to say, okay, we're going to bring our young people, 15 or 20 of them, 
we're going to come over to your house and we're going to have salad there. We're going to read a verse or two of scripture, have prayer, eat a salad, and we're going to leave. And the next place we're going, we're going for dinner. And we would go to the next place for dinner and we would pray and eat our supper together and we'd have a Bible study and maybe a song, amen. And then we'd say we're going to go to the next house and we're going to have dessert, a progressive dinner, amen. And we may go to three or four places in one night's time. Well, one of those places that we received them into was my house. And there was about 20 to 25 young people that came into my house. And man, it was one, it was, I loved it. We had a little Bible study. took about 10 minutes and just a, a word of devotion. And we had our little time together. I, I think we had the main course in our house. And then we left that. We went on to the next place. And when I got home, my house was a disaster. <laughs> I didn't think about the toll. It took upon my house to have 20 young people or 25 young people in my back. Listen, they were in the closet. They were in the bedroom. They were under the bed. They were everywhere. Stuff was everywhere. And Manasin is an older disciple. He knows when you bring it. How many of y'all know when you bring in a bunch of young people, stuff's going to go haywire. It's going to get crazy. They're going to eat everything you got. Things are going to get tore up, broke down. Y'all are laughing because you know it's true, amen. And Manasin, that older disciple, maybe he's not so, some of us are so set in our ways, we can never accept 15 or 20 people in our house, right? We're so set in our ways, I don't want to clean up the mess. Here's a man that did not mind them descending into his house no matter what happened. Here's another one. What about the disturbance of his habits? You know, when you get old, you're set in habits. You've got a routine. You've got a schedule, friends. Manasin's bringing all these, these young people into his house. This missionary team's coming into his house. And it disturbed his habits. It's about time some of your habits got disturbed. Amen? I want, to say, I want to say thank you, Lord. I want to say this tonight, but thinking about the disturbance of our habits, glory to God. You know what? I've gone to people's house, uh, uh, and I was, they say, you and you, you, you Miss Gina and the children, y'all can spend the night there. And, I could, and I'd get there, and they'd say, y'all are welcome to be here. Welcome to our house. But I could tell they were on pins and needles because the preacher was in their home. And if I sense that they're on pins and needles, so am I on pins and needles. I can't be welcome into your home if you're on pins and needles. It puts me on pins and needles. But Manasseh was not like that, amen. He truly welcomed them into his home. I think about my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents. On my mother's side, we would oftentimes have company there when the family got there. And it was so used to have company, them entertaining people, that the company became part of our family. That's just the way it was. And on my Grandpa Waldrop's side, the atmosphere in that home of welcome was like, some of y'all have been there. Some of y'all have been there where maybe you stopped by and, 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 and Ken had brought y'all by or, or maybe you've come by with me and, and you stopped there at their house and they'll be like, youngins, what do you want to eat? Well, we didn't come to eat. Well, but youngins, you're going to eat or you're going to fit me. Now, you're going to have to eat something. Well, a little Debbie Pyle do. No, no, no. We've got, grandma's got to fix something. We, it's not a meal if, it's, if we don't have to fix it. Amen. And the welcome of Grandma and Grandpa Waldrop's home. Man, you could just feel, even if she just baked cookies and served you milk, the atmosphere and the welcome of the Holy Spirit by my grandma and grandpa Walter, or my grandpa and grandma Haney was like none other. Somehow when we get old, we have forgotten 
how to be welcoming. We have forgotten how to be welcoming just at church and with a nice smile and say, man, it's good to have you today. Welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here tonight. Son, I'm so proud of you. You know that. You've made me proud. I'm tickled to death to have you. Praise the Lord. I love you, son. It's been a joy to sit on the front row with you all these years and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What a joy it is. Well, for most, but not us love you, Brother Tony. Appreciate you. But you know what? It's a joy that you can walk up and give a warm handshake and a smile and welcome people to the house of God. But nowadays, when the service is over, we're so, got to get out of here. Got to get home. Why? Well, where are you going? Well, what do you got to do? Well, Rover may have made a spot on my carpet and I got to go make sure the dog gets turned out quick. It's just amazing that we don't take time to welcome each other in the house of God. Oftentimes you're going to hear me say from the pulpit, thank y'all for being here tonight. It means so much to me that you're here in the house of God tonight, amen? And I've got some preacher friends that said, I'd never do that. That's their duty. That's their responsibility. And I'd scold them if they're not there. How are you going to scold them if they're not here? How you figured that one out yet, amen? Theology deeper than mine. But I'm just telling you, amen, you ought to be welcoming to people at the house of God. Even if it's on a Wednesday night, welcome them, amen, and give them encouragement and tell them it's a joy to serve Jesus. Preacher, when are you going to quit? When I'm done. He also had a distribution of his provisions. How many of y'all know if you're going to bring 15 or 20 people into your home, it's going to cost you something if you're going to feed them? There's going to be a cost, amen. Oh, man, Grandma and Grandpa again, they didn't even worry about cost. My Grandma and Grandpa, by this world's standards, had absolutely nothing. But you know what they had? They had a walk with the Lord. They had the blessing of the Holy Spirit. They had a roof over their head, clothes on their back, food for them to eat that they worked hard to put up for, and nothing else mattered but serving Jesus and going to church. We've got everything else trying to distract us away from focusing on Jesus Christ. Honey, tonight I want to encourage you as you grow older, amen, it may cost you something, but honey, where God guides, God provides. Oftentimes, I, we maybe go do something. They say, well, they, they have a discount. Do you have a discount? I, I'm a preacher. You have a discount. We've got a youth. Let me tell you something. I don't even have to look for that stuff because God's not broke. I never read in the Bible where God said, I'm going to give you a discount. He, listen, God don't even need. He, doesn't, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And how many of y'all know tonight, we don't even know how much that is. As rich as he is, he's richer. As wealthy as he is, he's wealthier. Hallelujah to God. Preacher, when are you going to quit? Listen, Manasseh was a man with whom you could lodge. He was a man of encouragement. I'm done right here. So, Preacher Darren, how do I become that? Because I want to tell you something. As I get older, I want to be that. I want to be that old disciple with whom we should lodge. I want to be that old disciple. How do we become that? Because I'm going to be honest, it's real easy to get afraid. It's real easy to become unfaithful and just live for yourself. It's real easy to become unfriendly. Manasin, I looked this up. This is deep. Won't you write this down? Do you know what the name, most, most names have a meaning. Do you know what the name of Manasin means? Remembering. Remembering. Was there a guitar here tonight? Anybody got a guitar? 
Got a guitar laying across somewhere, Seth. Anybody got a guitar? Shannon, go get that guitar for me, please, sis. That'd be a blessing. The name Manasin, it means remembering. I got to thinking about that, remembering, remembering. What, what does that mean, remembering? This is an, it's going to be a help to you tonight. One time there was a grandpa at, his, at, at church at Zion where they went to church. Oftentimes they didn't have a piano player. Their congregation, 28, 35. How many went to Sunday school? 28 to 35. How many people went to worship service? 28 to 35. That's, that's the way it was. If you was alive and breathing, you went to Sunday school and you went to church, there was not an option that you could do one or the other. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Shannon. Okay, I'll be careful. So, they didn't have a piano player, so Grandpa was a guitar picker. Man, he'd get up and he'd get the old tuning fork and he'd get the tune and man, he'd, he'd, he'd give us, a, he'd start to strum and he'd pick that guitar. He'd pick it for all three songs, any special singer that would sing. Man, he was always up picking the guitar. He was faithful to be there, pick that guitar. And that name, Manason, hmm, remembering. There's a young man, I want to say the boy's name was Troy. He came up to my grandpa and Troy was quite an accomplished musician himself. And he came up to my grandpa and he said, Mr. Floyd, is there any advice you could give to a young man just trying to learn the guitar? And he said, son, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to just take your guitar and put it in your hand and just strum your fingers over the strings up and down, up and down, up and down. Because when you play three and five songs, your fingers, your forearm, your shoulder, it all gets tired from having to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He said, so it, your body needs to be trained so it becomes natural for you to stand there and do this. Mm. You know what? I need to be so trained that coming to church three times a week is just natural. Back and forth, back and forth. I need to be so trained that coming to Sunday school or whenever the, that I'm there, I need to be so trained that I can open the Word of God and I open it every single day. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I need to be so trained that when this altar call is given and an invitation is made and my preacher's labored hard in the Word and he feels like there's an invitation that needs to be given and I say, you know what? I'm there. I'm going to go back and forth. And you know what? I, I'm not ashamed to go to the altar. I'm glad to go to the altar. It, it, it doesn't beat me down to go to the altar. I, I, I don't, I, listen, I, it becomes so natural that I get to go talk with the Lord and the Lord talks with me. I want to be trained like that, amen. And when I'm in the Word of God and when I'm at the altar, when I'm praying, whatever I'm doing, that it just becomes natural. It becomes natural. May I help you tonight, amen. The best thing you and I'll ever do in our lives. Thank you, Miss Shannon, for letting me borrow your guitar for a minute. I wish I could play it like Grandpa could. But I'm because he'd have picked us a tune and sung us a beautiful song. But I will tell you something. You need to look at your life and you need to let things become so natural that serving God is so natural for you to do. Preacher Dan, I still have a flesh. But if you'll let the Holy Ghost have his way for you to talk cleanly, and to rule out the things of the world out of your life, it becomes so natural. I want to tell y'all something. 
the greatest joy that I've ever had is after I got after I got saved is being in the house of God with God's people. It's just natural for me to be here tonight. I, <laughs> hey man, does that help you? You stand to your feet tonight. Manason, it means remembering, amen. I, I want to spend my life talking about him. That when I'm talking about him, it becomes so natural. That's all I want to talk about is the goodness and the blessings of Almighty God. Amen. Seth, you come tonight. There might be somebody here. You need to be trained just a little bit and get in this altar. Say, God. Is I want to become an old disciple to be encouragement. And maybe there's some young person now. You may say, I'm not old, Preacher Darren, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that, Preacher Darren, you'd not be cantankerous, that you'd always have a smile on your face, and you'd be welcome and receiving. Would you come tonight and pray for your pastor? Amen. Because the devil sometimes wants to ride me, pull me down, and discourage me, and cause me to be mean and aggravated and frustrated. Well, I sure appreciate you taking the time to pray tonight in the house of God and bending your knee in an old-fashioned altar and asking God to help you. Lord, when I examine this, pa- this passage of Scripture, it may be short, but God, it's very pointed in my life because as I look in the mirror, I am living with an old disciple and that disciple is me. Help me, God, to get victory over the problem of faithfulness, to be faithful to read and faithful to study and faithful to attend, to be faithful in everything you've called me to do. And then God, to be victorious and conquering of fears in my life. Oh, help us to do so, God. Lord, there's so many things that we're afraid of, that we fear, that we're worried about. God, help us, Lord. God, that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but you gave us love and a sound mind. Help us, God, I pray. God, I I pray most importantly, God, that you'd help us to be friendly. Friendly one to another. Friendly to those that are without and friendly to those that are within. Help us, God, to smile at one another and Love one another. and God, not put things or preferences between us, but help us, God, to realize we're that instrument, God, that needs to be strummed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to train those muscles to become this is natural. God, we need to be trained that talking about you and reading and attending is the natural thing for us to do. Help us then, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.